0: Is wisdom that will set you free. Welcome to Mystic FM. Join us on a voyage of spiritual discovery. Welcome, everyone. My name's Julian Rosser, and this is the Mystic FM Radio Show brought to you by the Aetherius Society's New Zealand branch, based in Birkenhead, on Auckland's North Shore. Mystic FM is produced by the New Zealand branch of the Aetherius Society, a worldwide spiritual organisation with centres in Europe, North America, Africa and Australasia. We were founded in 1955 by a Western Master of Yoga, Dr. George King, who passed on in 1997. The Aetherius Society are the custodians of a vast amount of spiritual teachings given by beings from this world and beyond which were received through the yogic mediumship of Dr. King. We are a practical organization that holds regular services send out spiritual power through prayer and mantra to help our suffering world the society's motto is service is the jewel in the rock of attainment meditation is a word much used but much misunderstood the meaning in these days is quite removed from its true meaning, which is a far more lofty goal, but nevertheless a very worthy one of aspiring to. Today we're joined by Frank McManus to delve into the vast subject of concentration, contemplation and meditation.
1: Good morning. As explained by Julian, today's talk is on the fascinating subject of concentration, contemplation and meditation. Now before we study this subject, let us see what the dictionary has to say about these three states of mind. Firstly, Concentration. The dictionary explanation is this. To focus all one's attention or mental effort on a subject or activity. Secondly, contemplation. To look at thoughtfully, think profoundly and at length. And thirdly, meditation. To focus one's mind for a time for spiritual purpose or for relaxation. So that is the dictionary meaning of these three states of mind. But what would the deeper mystical meaning be? And what would it be if a great master was to speak to us, for example, and give their explanation from their state of consciousness of what we call mind and who we really are. Well Master Etherius spoke through Dr. George King as a yogic channel many, many times, a being not of this world, and this is what he had to say on one occasion. He stated, the flame of God, which in itself is divine power, which in itself is color, this wondrous flame has brought around itself a certain magnetic force called mind. This mind has a soul or controller, the soul not being the spirit, of course. This soul has brought around itself other magnetic forces, and molded them into a cellular structure which gives the appearance of being solid. It is most certainly not, and the whole can walk about, jump about, and so on. It is really and truly magnetism held in a certain state. We call it solidified light. Where does the light come from? It comes from the sun. So therefore, whether you like it or not, your bodies are... And indeed, every other thing on this particular planet is solidified sunlight. It was created by the Divine Creator. So therefore, everything is the original potential brought into manifestation and held in a certain state by the will of the Divine Creator. And you are apparently, note, I say apparently, individualized, Units expressing that will. It is as simple as that. Now Dr. King had a brilliant explanation of mind. He stated, Mind is an all-pervasive energy which is outside the body. The physical brain is rather like a pincushion. When you push a pin into a pincushion you make a hole and the next time you push a pin through the self-same hole, it is easier than it was the first time. When you, the higher part of yourself, think a particular series of thoughts for the first time, it is a lot more difficult than when you do it for the second, third and fourth times. You are making a channel through the brain so that mind can enter. If you regard mind as being an all-pervasive energy, a force or power outside of yourself, your brain is being a receiving set, and yourself as being the controller of this receiving set, then you get a true idea of how the mind works. You can twist certain little knobs in your brain and make your brain receive highly elevated spiritual thoughts. You can twist other knobs, and your brain will receive baser thoughts. The difference between an advanced man and an ordinary man is that one has control of his brain and thinking capacity and the other has not so much control. It is this control that makes the difference. The main difference between this book and a computer is a result of mind. This book is made up of five types of energy. There are only five types of energy in this world that we know of. There are five minor types as well, but they are directly connected to the five major types. These five major types of energy come from the sun. The minor types of energy may come from other sources. The major types are what yogis call the pranas. The word prana means the universal life force. You might say, how can it come from the sun and be universal? It comes through the sun, from a universal supply. The thing that made the sun made the pranas. The pranas are not mind, but mind energy. It is mind which moulds the pranas. The difference between this book and a computer is that the mind of this book holds the pranas in a certain way, and the mind of a computer holds the pranas in another way. Instead of looking at one thing as being an inanimate object, and another thing as being an animate object, look at them both as having mind energy, but one is in a different vibratory state from the other, and a different state of evolution from the other. So we can see from this that we, and indeed mind, are far more than is usually realized and even accepted. With this thought, let's listen to a Master of Yoga, Dr. George King, and his brilliant explanation of Concentration, Contemplation, Meditation.
2: Concentration, Contemplation, and Meditation. Now this is a very, very serious subject indeed, as you all agree concentration let's split it up into three parts and let's study what what each part really means concentration what does this mean well to some people it means uh, reading a book a novel or even looking at television well this is not concentration in its strict sense concentration is the result of directed thought and wherever and whenever thought is directed down a certain channel good or bad that attitude of mind is then termed as concentration contemplation is something slightly different contemplation is a state of mind where number one the thought is controlled but number two the thought is left open to receive. If we concentrate on this little booklet, Your Higher Self Through Yoga, we would read it quite thoroughly. But if we were to contemplate on it, after we have read it quite thoroughly, we would then dissect it sentence by sentence, leaving our minds open to receive the information which this book has to offer us. If we were to concentrate on a flatfish, we would examine the fish very thoroughly, even count the fins, scales and so on. If we were to contemplate on the same fish, we would try to, uh, shall we say, leave our minds so open as to gain something of its environment, its Physical function, its mental function, and so on. Meditation is that state where he who concentrates or contemplates becomes one with that upon which he contemplates. That is the state of meditation. It's a state which is contacted almost always in a very deep trance state there are only rare cases of meditation where meditation itself is gained while the subject is conscious meditation is a state where the consciousness of the individual the superconsciousness of the individual contacts the all-knowledge space within that individual. It, In other words, it's that state where the soul of the individual is bathed in the light radiated by the spirit or spark of God within. That, that absolute spiritual essence within. Now you will never touch that source, not on this planet, probably not in this solar system, but you can come near to it and bathe the soul in the light of this spirit. And when you come out of a state of meditation, you come out as a knower, a person who knows about that upon which you meditated or upon which you gained this elevated state of meditation. Now, I think of all the words in the English language that that is used wrongly, meditation is used more wrongly than any other word. I've heard people say uh, from various walks of life that their idea of meditation was sitting, knitting, looking into the fire uh, in a kind of an abstract way. Well, my friends, that is not meditation, at all. It might be a small degree of concentration, it's not even contemplation, and it's most certainly not the meditative state. When a person has meditation, he knows it. Beyond all shadow of all doubt, there is no doubt at all about the state. So, it's the most highly elevated state of consciousness which man can gain. Concentration, let's get back then to concentration and to the question which we all want answered how do we train our minds so that we may easily notice, easily and without force how do we train our mind so that we are able to concentrate well one thing and one system which is bound to fail is any kind of, shall we say, force. You cannot sit down and twist up your face into all kinds of weird and wonderful shapes, hoping to concentrate on, say, anything you choose. You cannot do this. It won't work. You see, before we can understand concentration, we must understand a little bit about the brain the brain is a receiving set and in order to concentrate we must tune this receiving set in to mind stuff or mind frequencies that's what we must attempt to do but we must go
1: about it in the right way Now, as Dr. King explained, we must work towards concentration in the right way. The conscious mind is rather like a grasshopper. It will move from one subject to the other. Now, an excellent way of controlling it is used to use the technique of a fisherman catching a fish. The fisherman's in the boat and the fish grabs the bait. Now a good fisherman will not pull hard on the line. If he does and the fish is large, the line will break and the fish will be gone. What do they do? They let the fish go until the fish gets tired and slowly they pull the fish in. and Eventually the fish is so tired that it is easily landed onto the boat. Now, The conscious mind is rather like that fish. It will be always distracted. You have heard the term. Monkey mind. Deep breathing is a brilliant technique to control the mind, and this can be used as a focus point and is indeed used, especially in Buddhist practice. It's called. So we focus our mind upon the breath, we make the breath long, rhythmic, and deep, but we don't think of other things. We bring our mind entirely upon the breath as if the breath was a living thing. Example 4 example we were a tidal pool and the breath was the ocean and as we breathe in we become intensely aware of the breath as if it was a presence like the ocean flowing to, into us as a tidal pool. Now the first thing that will happen of course is that the mind will go on to other things like what we have for breakfast an itch in the back or neck, a sound of something outside the room or our environment. We let it go, we don't fight it. We bring um, a concentration back onto the breath, and eventually the conscious mind will slowly come around until we get to the point where we become one with the breath. And in that state we are in a deeper state of concentration, not only that. But we are also beginning to bring the mind and the breath together. And this is one of the great secrets of yoga. For on the breath, there are these great energies, as mentioned before, called the pranas. And as we control the pranas, we also begin to control the fluctuations of the mind, therefore enhancing our concentrative abilities. Affirmations are a wonderful way to control the conscious mind and direct it along predetermined lines for our own benefit. They have been used in business, sport and all forms of life, not only in spiritual practice. Many affirmations could be given, day by day and every way I am getting better and better and better, or I am now purifying my mind and body. There are many many, make sure they are positive. But when we say them, we should try to visualize and get our whole attention focused on the meaning of them, not just in a haphazard way. And then we bring a deep concentrative focus to our affirmations. Prayer is a brilliant way of concentrating the mind. Prayer is a set of thoughts directed along a certain line either to enhance and help ourselves or more importantly to help others. But prayer has a multi-purpose, it attracts to ourselves through our concentrative ability and through the focus of our mind energy and the pranas in and around the aura, frequencies of energy which we can attract and radiate and we can bring amazing results through prayer either for ourselves by enhancing the pranic flow and focus a mind energy through ourselves, or to help heal and uplift others. There are many, many ways and techniques to concentrate. And there are only a few. Now contemplation, as Dr. King explained before, is the next step, step after concentration. So let us listen to his brilliant explanation of what this really is. Supposing,
2: for instance, you were contemplating on something outside of yourself. Let us suppose for a moment, let us take anything at all, say it was a picture, say it was uh, an artistic drawing, or or say it was a, a picture of some kind. One of Turner's skies, for instance. First of all, you concentrate on that particular picture and you notice the blending of the colors, the workmanship and the draftsmanship that went into the formulation of Turner's idea of a sunset. The next stage, contemplation, you would go very much deeper and look deep, deep, not only into that picture, but deep, deep into the heart and mind almost of the artist who had drawn that picture using the picture as your focal point. It is, contemplation is that stage or state of consciousness which brings to one clairvoyant powers, it must. Because the basis of contemplation is a kind of a clairvoyant perception. A deep perception, a clear vision, uh, an almost some kind, some people refer to it as a sixth sense. Well, as a kind of a spiritual intuition. This intuition, this is contemplation, or the result of contemplation. When you look deep into it, you will have certain intuitions about the artist, that he was this, that, the other, that he, he had a broad spiritual outlook on life or that he didn't, whichever is the case may be. And you would not only know about that picture, but you would know very much about the person who, who drew it. If you like to contemplate a bit further in onto that picture, you would not only know about the person who drew it, but you would know about the canvas that it was painted on the brushes that it was painted and even the atomic structure of the pigments that went into it and and why that atomic structure was made as it was. This is taking contemplation as far as you can take
1: contemplation. So we can see now that the mind and its receiving set the physical brain are capable of amazing feats all inspired people throughout history have demonstrated in some degree contemplative abilities and we have all been the beneficiaries of this, have we not? But what of that most misunderstood word called meditation? Now this could only be explained by someone who has experienced it, obviously. And Dr. King was one of the few who could speak with authority on this subject let us listen then to his brilliant explanation of that much misunderstood word called meditation
2: now meditation although contemplation is quite a long step for man to take meditation is a very very much longer one in these practices of concentration you begin to make the great power of kundalini rise you begin to make the power of Kundalini rise maybe gently and slowly which is the safest way to do it by the way up the spine and rise to a higher psychic center in contemplation you make the Kundalini rise to a higher psychic center still to the solar plexus center and even a little kundalini up to the heart center but in meditation you have to bring kundalini right up to at least the throat center now you will not see this written in books so please take particular notice because it will become valuable to you if not in this life in the next when Kundalini begins to manifest in the heart center, one begins then to appreciate or to to get into the deeper states of meditation. When it begins to manifest in the throat center and of course the center here, the Christ center as we have called it, but to, we don't want to use Hindu terminology, Sanskrit terminology, so we use English, the Christ Center, when it begins to, to manifest there, you can then enter into the deepest state of meditation, a deep trance state that you might stay in for a long time or fractions of a second. From a purely physical point of view, in a meditative state, the person who is meditating enters into a deep trance state, naturally of course unable to walk, because Kundalini has left the lower centers, and so has the energy, left the lower centers, and is manifesting above the heart, some of it even in the heart center, but certainly the majority of it above the heart center, and one enters a state of immobility of body. And gradually, gradually, one enters a state of immobility of mind too, Certainly first of all the state of immobility of body is most noticeable. One does not walk, cannot walk, one enters into this deep state of trance, the heart itself stops functioning, or it, the beats might be just imperceptible, but rigor mortis will not set in. because the higher kundalini goes, and even if you raise kundalini in its absolute entirety, entering the deepest state of trance possible to all mankind, still rigor mortis will not set in, because always you leave a band of heat around the top of the head here. Not here, but around the top of the head here, there is a band of heat which will keep the blood warm enough to stop rigor mortis. So, from a physical point of view, one does not die. One enters a death-like state without dying. It is conscious death. Somebody shoots you between the eyes with a 4-5 bullet, you will enter the state known as death. But you will enter this state unconsciously. But meditation is a state of conscious death where you, as the person meditating, is released from the limitations of the physical body. And in this state you may even project your consciousness onto other high planes, or you may pick up a particular subject like that book and you already know uh, through your concentration all the exercises there. Through your contemplation you already know even the atomic structure of what the book's made of but meditation will take you very, very much further than this into almost the abstract realms and you will know why I saw fit to write that book when I did and why these exercises have an abstract and spiritual significance to mankind, and why they were given at the time they were, and so on, and so on, and so on. And you would come back out of that state, and say, well, I know about that. Because, you see, you would return as a knower rather than a person who said, well, this is my opinion. You could then honestly, before man and God, say in a humble, gentle manner, I know this to be so. You wouldn't argue about it, you wouldn't maybe even be prepared to discuss it, but you would say this I know to be so. And if you've reached the pure state of meditation you would know that to be so.
0: Well thanks very much for that Frank. Those were some very interesting insights and it's always good to hear the words of Dr. King who was someone who really could speak about these things from his own personal experience and could therefore explain it as only one who has experienced it really can. Well thanks for listening, that's all we've got time for this week. We hope you found it interesting and don't forget to tune in next week for our next show. Thank you for listening to Mystic FM, brought to you by the Aetherius Society. Tune in next time for more cosmic spirituality, because it is wisdom that sets you free.